Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. When are Latter-day Saints expected to overcome the world? Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. And with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. We are looking today at a conference message that was given by 17th President Russell M. Nelson. It was titled, Overcome the World and Find Rest. And we're tying it in with another conference message from October 2022, uh, a message that was given by Paul Johnson that talked about perfection. Both times they're expected to be perfect, and both times you're expected to overcome, but they've given the impression that it doesn't really have to be done in this lifetime, and it won't be done in this lifetime. Now, in this talk that Nelson gave, he cites John 16.33, where Jesus says, I have overcome the world. And then he goes on to say, subsequently, Jesus entreated each of us to do the same when he said, I will that ye should overcome the world. Now, Nelson's going to say, yeah, we're supposed to, but don't expect it to happen in this life. But when you read that passage, which, by the way, is not in the Bible, it is found in the Doctrine and Covenants, it's in D&C 64.2, there's no exemption there saying that this is going to be done in the next life. It does give you the impression that you should be doing it in this life, it seems, but yet that's not how Nelson's going to interpret this. He goes on to talk about the importance of overcoming, but he says Overcoming the world certainly does not mean becoming perfect in this life. Now, let me ask you, Eric, what does overcoming supposed to look like if it's not overcoming our sin and our desire to sin if it can't be done in this life? What's, I don't understand the point of this. You would think that a Latter-day Saint might easily take that expression and say, well, I don't even have to try then. Maybe that's the sin, not wanting to try, but that's not the way leaders have said it in the past. Yeah, how many times, Bill, have you heard somebody tell you, well, nobody's perfect? You know, Matthew 5.48 says, be ye perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect, and then they'll say, well, nobody's perfect. And yet that verse is cited so often by Latter-day Saint leaders. Let me give you from Spencer W. Kimball. We cited him earlier in the week, his book, The Miracle of Forgiveness. By the way, a copy of this book sits underneath his church portrait in the Church History Museum. If you go to the second floor underneath his portrait is this book. It's the only book of his that's there. And this is what he wrote on page 208, and it said, Repentant life seeks perfection. And he said, the gospel is a program of action, of doing things. Man's immortality and eternal life are God's goals. And he quotes from Moses 139. Immortality has been accomplished by the Savior's sacrifice. We would call that general salvation. Everybody gets to be resurrected. And then he says, eternal life, or the celestial kingdom, hangs in the balance awaiting the works of men. This progress toward eternal life is a matter of achieving perfection. 
living all the commandments guarantees total forgiveness of sins and assures one of exaltation through that perfection which comes by complying with the formula the Lord gave us. In his Sermon on the Mount, he made the command to all men, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect, Matthew 5.48. Now let me stop you there, because Latter-day Saints have taken that and made it sound like Jesus is talking about sinless perfection, when the Greek word is not talking about that at all. It's talking about spiritual maturity, and it's certainly not implying that we are going to be as sinless as our Father in heaven is sinless. Even Latter-day Saints understand that when you spell it out to them, even though before you spell it out to them, they probably thought that that was a possibility. But yet they will admit Nobody can be as sinless as our Father in heaven is is sinless, because we've already sinned. And he goes on after citing from Matthew 5, 48, he says, Being perfect means to triumph over sin. This is a mandate from the Lord. He is just and wise and kind. He would never require anything from his children which was not for their benefit and which was not attainable. Perfection, therefore, is an achievable goal. And then if you go to the next page, page 210, he talks about overcoming, the theme that Russell M. Nelson has in this talk. And he says, only as we overcome shall we become perfect and move toward Godhood. As I have indicated previously, the time to do this is now in mortality. Now, this is a theme I mentioned earlier this week. In chapter one, this life is the time, and he cites out of Alma 34, and I think he does so accurately. That's one thing about Spencer W. Kimball that I think we have to appreciate. We might disagree with him. Latter-day Saints, some of them don't like what he has to teach, but he is consistent with what the unique standard works teach. Then he says this, Someone once said, a fellow who is planning to reform is one step behind. He ought to quit planning and get on with the job. Today is the day. And then Kimball says, certainly, self-mastery is a continuous program, a journey, not a single start. Men do not suddenly become righteous any more than a tiny acorn suddenly becomes an oak. Advancement to perfection can nevertheless be rapid if one resolutely strides toward the goal. Now, I get the impression from what you just read that Kimball thinks that that can be done in this lifetime. And yet we have Russell M. Nelson saying, now overcoming the world certainly does not mean becoming perfect in this life. So I would say that we have a contradiction between the 12th president of the church and the 17th president of the church. I admit, it's very confusing. I don't know what a Latter-day Saint is thinking when he hears these two different types of messages. If Kimball got it wrong, you're okay. If you go with Russell M. Nelson and he's wrong, it seems like you could be in trouble if Kimball is right in his understanding of how Latter-day Saints are supposed to live. But Nelson goes on to say, how then do we overcome the world? King Benjamin taught us how. He said that the natural man is an enemy to God and remains so forever, quote, unless he yields to the enticings of the Holy Spirit and putteth off the natural man and becometh a saint through the atonement of Christ the Lord, end quote. So what a Latter-day Saint has to do, it seems, according to what Mr. Nelson has said, if he is yielding to the natural man, 
then he's an enemy to God. And I think in the miracle of forgiveness, Kimball makes it a point to say, you don't want to die an enemy to God. How do you prevent that? You prevent it by doing everything you are supposed to do. And yet I get the impression from what Nelson's trying to imply here is, yeah, you're right. Yielding to the natural man is being an enemy to God, and you must yield to the enticings of the Holy Spirit and put off the natural man, and that's how you become a saint, through the atonement of Christ the Lord. Eric, doesn't that sound like you've stopped sinning? I mean, when I yield to the natural man, I look at that as equated with sin. I'm yielding to my fallen nature, and I shouldn't be yielding to that fallen nature. So if I do yield to that fallen nature, according to what the alleged King Benjamin mentioned in the Book of Mormon is saying, the natural man is an enemy to God. Now, I will agree that the natural man is an enemy to God, and we are to strive to not yield to that natural man. When that happens, does that mean if we were to die in that state that we would automatically be cast away? If I believe that when I came to faith in Christ and all my sins were forgiven, past, present, and future, I don't think I would have that fear. But a Latter-day Saint would say, see, that's what makes you go back into wanting to sin. No, that's an assumption that's not really accurate. Even the grace of God can be abused. And it is abused all the time, even by Latter-day Saints. It doesn't make it right to have that kind of thinking. We should correct that kind of thinking. We should strive to live a life that honors God and so forth. But my question is, is if a Latter-day Saint yields to the natural man and dies an enemy to God, can he hope to have celestial exaltation? I think LDS leaders have made it clear that that is not going to happen. Well, what if somebody does well the seven times out of ten, Bill? They're, they're successful, but three times they're not. This is what he says, each time you seek for and follow the promptings of the Spirit, each time you do anything good, things that the natural man would not do, you are overcoming the world. I would suggest that if you're successful 70% of the time, that sounds pretty good, but you fail at 30%, well, that'd be an awesome batting average in the in Major League Baseball. That's not going to cut it with a God who's holy and cannot take any sin into his presence. He emphasizes again later in this talk the necessity of staying on the covenant path. He says, we stay on the covenant path and are blessed with spiritual strength, personal revelation, increasing faith, the ministering of angels. And and then he goes on to say, now you may be thinking this sounds more like hard spiritual work than rest, and rest is in italics. He goes on to say, but here is the grand truth. While the world insists that power, possessions, popularity, and pleasures of the flesh bring happiness, they do not. They cannot. I think we would agree with that. That doesn't bring happiness. But he goes on to say, what they do produce is nothing but a hollow substitute for the blessed and happy state of those who keep the commandments of God. But yet the verse that he uses here, when he cites Jesus, I have overcome the world, we rest in what Jesus has overcome. We find rest and joy, comfort and assurance because Jesus overcame. But yet throughout the rest of this message that Nelson gives, it's all about what you're doing and what you need to accomplish. 
but he says you don't have to accomplish it in this life, which I think becomes very dangerous for most people listening, because I'm sure many walked out of the auditorium when Nelson gave this talk, remembering that part of his message. How many times have you seen that happen, where you're talking with people as they're coming out of the conference building, and they were excited to tell you something, in response to something you said before they walked right. in and they go, Oh, well our leaders said this, this, and this as if that just wiped out all the other teachings of other leaders and made it sound to them at least that they really don't have to keep all the commandments like you were telling them before they walked into that building. Here's the confusion of Mormonism. And I think Nelson is confusing the fact that he says one thing and Spencer Kimball says another, has got to be very confusing to the Latter-day Saint. But Nelson goes on to say, when he's finishing up his thoughts, he says, My plea to you this morning is to find rest from the intensity, uncertainty, and anguish of the world by overcoming the world through your covenants with God. That's not what Jesus said in John 16, 33. He merely said, I have overcome the world. And the context of that is coming tribulation, persecution. And yet look at all that Nelson has added to that statement from John 16, 33. Jesus was merely saying, look, I'm going through this. You can go through this. Rest in the fact that I have overcome these things. I will give you strength to overcome these things. And look what Nelson has done. He's turned it into a message of commandment keeping, which is not atypical of what a lot of Latter-day Saint leaders do. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.